There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jadikin. Hey. We're back. We're back. Um, I realized we haven't been alone for a while. I mean, just you and me. <laughs> On the show? Yeah. Yeah. Because we randomly had guests for a few weeks in a row. We did. We're, it's just us this week. It's just us, babe. Um, we have so many Patreon subscribers we have to thank. We're backlogged. Yeah. Because when we had guests, we just didn't you know, want to make them feel sad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it just, um, yeah. It's just we'll, awkward. We'll just thank... We're gonna go a through. Few. We're gonna go through them. We'll get to them all in little chunks. You don't need to, uh, you know. We'll get to you. Yeah, we'll and get we to appreciate you. you. We appreciate you guys. Let's go. Let's thank uh, lovely Michelle, Shona, Hannah, Shonda, Raven, Jesse, Sarah, Angie, Carrie, Julie, Jackie, Emily, Amy, Anna, Melissa, Tiffany. K.R. Joe, Ruth, Brittany, Lil Filmmakers, Erica, Andrea, Brianna, Jonas, Kristen, Patrick, Amy, Catherine, Gerardo, Jimmy, Lizzie, Kelsey, Sasha, Heather, Leticia, Cody, Dinah, John, Katie Louise, Alicia, Megan, Heather, Miss V, Miss Vanjie, Miss Vanjie, <laughs> Diana, Lizette, Laura, Mel, Walker, wow. Victoria, Jennifer, almost there, Whitney, Kurt, Carrie, and that's it for this week. We'll get to the rest next week. I thank you, Desi. Also, You're if you could hear Melon in the background, he was also shouting you guys out. He was giving you guys a big shout out, saying, "And there's bonus content." <laughs> I'm translating yeah, for Melon. He's, he want, pl- he's plugging the Patreon. He wants you to know there's bonus content. There's a new Mysteries and Macabre up at the $10 level. There's ad-free episodes. And we're going to do an after show today. today. So we, we got a good after show plan. We got a juicy one because we actually have a ton of stuff we did this week randomly. <laughs> so we got things to talk about. Not just like we lied on the sofa, we ate. Wow. <laughs> no, that's not all we talk about on the after show. No. We've had some legendary after shows. We do, yeah. Anyway, this episode has is like five years in the making. Wow. Because Desi and I have wanted to tell this story since we started the podcast, but up until recently, or since I last checked, there wasn't a whole <laughs> lot of information on this story. No, you've tried doing this several times I that I can remember. Yeah. And it was just like a last minute switcheroo situation where you're like, I have to do something else because I can't. I can't find enough information. Uh, there's no book written about this. There, I couldn't find uh, good newspaper coverage, but the newspaper service we use does update the papers in its catalog. And I guess they did at some point because my main source for this episode is the fabulous coverage by a local Pennsylvania newspaper, The Morning Call. They covered this case every single day. Oh, great. It, they, they covered it for years every single day. Well, so, I mean, not every single day, but a lot. I, there was a period probably where it was every single day, and then it was like updates. Probably, yes. yeah. yes. The story we're doing this week is a movie versus reality. The movie is the 1990 film, I Love You to Death. And we will talk more about the movie later on. Now, I got to say, this is one of the messiest stories we've ever covered. Wow. Well, at least in my recent memory. Mm. So there's a lot to get to. Let's just get right into it. 
It was Sunday, January 30th, 1983, when the police in Allentown, Pennsylvania, were informed that a hit had been put out on local pizzeria owner, Tony Toto. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You having fun already? It involves a pizzeria. Okay, I'm on board. They went to the Toto home where he lived with his wife, 38-year-old Frances Lenore, and their children. Frances answered the door cautiously and told the police that her husband was in New York, but they wanted to come inside, and she's like, mm, no. It was then that they informed Frances that her husband's life was in danger, and she relented. Once inside, police found 37-year-old Tony Toto. They told him that he had been shot. Tony couldn't believe it. Shot? For the last few days, he believed he had been sick with the flu. But Tony had, in fact, been shot. What? Twice. (laughs) Over the last week. Police found Tony in his bed. There was blood around his mouth and on his chest. When Detective Gerald Monahan noticed the puncture wound on Tony's chest, he said, Tony, you've been shot. Tony replied, no, I haven't. What? This guy didn't believe he was shot. Okay. But he was shot twice. Why did he think he had blood on his chest and his mouth? <laughs> We're going to get into that. <laughs> okay. We're, he wasn't aware. Okay. I don't think he was fully aware of these injuries. Okay. Well, he wasn't. Okay. Not I don't think. He was not. Yeah. The previous week, in the early hours of Wednesday the 26th, Tony Toto closed his pizza shop for the night. He was subsequently dropped off at his, ho- at his house by an unidentified woman. He retired to his bedroom to go to sleep around 3 a.m. While asleep in bed, Tony was shot in the back of the head. He awoke and started moaning. The assailant fled the scene, but Tony didn't die. And he didn't know he was shot? He didn't know he was shot, <laughs> but that was the first gunshot. Okay. For the next two days, Tony was drugged with barbiturates in an attempt to kill him that way, but still, he lived. So on Friday night at 10 p.m., two new assailants entered the Toto home. The pair had been offered $500 to kill Tony. One of the men fired the same 25 caliber pistol that had been used in the Wednesday attack into Tony's chest. Tony was in bed when the shot was fired. But to the assailant's surprise, Tony just sat up. He didn't bleed very much from the wound, and, was, and that was, it was surmised that the barbiturates in his system may have been what saved his life. He's like the Italian Rasputin. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the, barbitu- the barbiturates that were in his system, the doctors were like, oh, it slowed everything down, so he didn't bleed out. That's so weird. That sounds like fake science, but yeah. it's real. Yeah. But it sounds like crazy. I'm just surprised you wouldn't be like, this hurts, even if it is slowed down. <laughs> I guess if he's on barbiturates, that might numb his pain, right? I have no idea why this guy, he didn't feel anything. Oh my gosh. Including the one in the back of his head. I don't know how. Following the attack, the two assailants started bragging to the guys in their neighborhood about their role in the hit on Tony. They should be embarrassed because they did this for $500. That's like easily a $10,000 job. And they didn't even kill him. I know. They didn't even kill him. Oh my God. One of the guys that they told was their friend, Glenn Grigo, who then went to the police with the story. So they're bragging to this guy, Glenn, and he's like, oh, wow, that's, that's crazy, man. That's a crime. <laughs> and then he goes to the cops and is like, hey, these two idiots. And, and he should have because then he would be an accessory if he didn't. Like, that's the right thing to do. Right. Following the arrests, police located the weapon used in the attacks. They found the 25 caliber pistol wrapped up in a diaper stored inside a kitchen cabinet inside the Toto home. Mm. Tony was taken to Sacred Heart Hospital in Allentown for treatment. The bullet in his chest was removed right away, but removing the bullet in his head would be tricky. This was a dangerous process. He needed it removed if he, if he wanted to live, but he was at risk of dying during the surgery. 
The doctor tasked with performing the operation was out of town. So Tony had to wait in his hospital bed with this bullet still in his head until he returned. Wait, can you just give me the timeline again? The first attack was Wednesday night? Yes. Then he had the barbiturates, and then when the police came, that's Friday night? No. The first attack was Wednesday night. He gets shot in the back of the head. Then he's fed barbiturates in his home. Then two... New assailants come in to his house on Friday night. Friday night. Shoot him in the chest. And then the police learn of the plot on Sunday afternoon. Okay. And so on Sunday night, night they go over to the Toto home, talk to his wife, and are like, hey, your husband has a hit out on him. And he's just been in bed since Wednesday? He's been in bed since Wednesday. Okay. And the wife's like, no, my husband's in New York, but... They go in, they're like, I don't think so, Mrs. Toto. Oh, okay. Your husband's inside with a, two <laughs> bullets in him. And Tony's like, what? So Tony was taken to the hospital. He can't get this bullet from his head removed because the doctor that's going to perform this operation, he's out of town. So he's waiting. He's waiting for him to get back from his vacation. Take your time, Doc. <laughs> Enjoy St. <Saint> Bart's. <laughs> Tony told police that the night he was shot in the head, it sounded like a firecracker had gone off in his room. I bet. Tony's wife, Frances, was arrested for conspiring to murder her husband. Police also arrested 20-year-old Anthony Bruno. He was the assailant who fired the bullet into Tony's head on Wednesday. Bruno was an employee of Tony's pizzeria and the boyfriend of Tony's 16-year-old daughter, Elizabeth. (gasps) Two cousins named Ronald and Donald Barlip. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) They're not even brothers. They're cousins. Ronald and Donald. Come on. (laughs) Cousins Ronald and Donald Barlip, ages 19 and 18 respectively, were also arrested for their attempt on Tony's life on Friday. These are the guys who shot him in the chest. So she hired a bunch of losers, like teenage, do- like losers, yeah. basically. Yeah. Oh, my God. But that's not all. Oh, boy. 16-year-old Elizabeth Toto and 13-year-old Joseph Toto were also arrested. <gasps> Those are Tony's kids. The kids? The kids are also arrested. Were they in on it? They're charged with criminal conspiracy. Oh, my God. The 13-year-old, too. He's like, what did I do? <laughs> The whole family. He was given the barbiturates to his dad. <laughs> when police questioned Frances Toto as to why she had put a hit out on her husband, she said she was desperately afraid of him, but she did still love him. She claimed she feared for her own life. She said, he has threatened from the hospital to kill us all, and I really believe he'll do it. Frances's sister, Madeline, corroborated the claims that Frances feared her husband Donald Ernie, who was a former Tony's Pizzeria employee and one-time boyfriend of Elizabeth Toto, told police that Frances was subjected to beatings from her husband. At one point, he said, Tony held a gun to her head. Mm. This incident was said to have occurred six years earlier in 1977. Frances said that Tony had accused her of having an affair with the neighbor, and that's when he pointed the gun at her. She said he, quote, was going to kill me, but he just punched me in the eye. Frances claimed that she was subjected to verbal and physical abuse from her husband in the, in the years that followed, but claimed that he became more calm when he started taking karate lessons. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the, <laughs> doesn't sound like a good guy. That's very 70s, though. That he's working it out with karate? Yeah, because karate was really big. Like it really took off, like and, like martial arts in general. And don't you think in the West? Yeah, because all of those movies, there was like so many of those seventies like martial arts uh, martial movies. arts movies, and then the Karate Kid in the eighties. Yes, for sure. I just think it started in the seventies, though. Well, Tony's working it out, but to be honest, uh, judging from the rest of the story, I don't really think karate solved all his problems. He didn't start becoming more mindful. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think he was taking the lessons of karate. I mean, you know it's a bad guy when he's literally like, once I get this bullet out of my head, I'm, your ass is mine. <laughs> like, he's still abusive even though he's been shot in the head. Yeah. 
The Totos were high school sweethearts, meeting at Christopher Columbus High School in the Bronx. They married five years into their relationship and conceived their first child, Elizabeth, on their honeymoon in the Poconos. Oh, my God. Ah, <laughs> they went to your favorite hotel. <laughs> story is so East Coast. <laughs> I love that they're like, and they went to Christopher Columbus High School. <laughs> it's just like, we're very Italian here. <laughs> After they moved to Pennsylvania, their marriage started having more problems. Frances said that she had contacted the police about the abuse before, but they weren't much help. Divorce wasn't an option because she feared for her life if she left him, which is pretty common. Yes. Tony Toto told police from his hospital bed, I don't know why she wanted to do something like this to me. Maybe she thought I was cheating or something. Hmm. Well, Tony was a serial cheater. (laughs) He was cheating, but that's not why she was upset. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that upset her, but he was also very abusive to her. Yeah, Tony was apparently cheating on Francis, at this time at least, with a woman named Crystal, who rented an apartment in the same building as the pizzeria. Crystal frequently visited Tony in the hospital after the attempted hit. Tony was released from the hospital just two weeks after the murder attempt. The bullet was still lodged in his skull. Is this the woman who drove him home at 3 a.m.? It's possible. Okay. It was an unidentified woman driving him home from the pizza shop. Yeah, I mean... So the doctors didn't remove the bullet. They became worried that if they removed it, Tony could become paralyzed. So the bullet remained in his skull. After leaving the hospital, Tony immediately posted his wife's $50,000 bail. His two underage kids charged with criminal conspiracy remained in the custody of juvenile authorities. He told the local paper the morning call, Thank God I'm alive. Yes, it's true. I bailed my wife out yesterday, he continued. I want my wife and family back together. (laughs) They're going to rebuild after this disaster. Yeah. Right? Yeah, this is a a wake-up call. I mean, it is pretty wild that the kids are, like, under arrest. That's crazy. Do you know what I mean? Like, come on. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. I get, like, maybe charging them, but why are they taken somewhere. They're young kids. Tony claimed that he felt fine, just a little weak, but his eyesight was good, and the doctor said he would be able to live a normal life. The morning call reported on Tony's return to the pizza shop and his attempt to resume life before the attempt on his life had been made. Mm. It's been like a bad dream, he said. Tony announced that he was standing by his wife ahead of her hearing. He claimed the murder plot was a result of poor communication. (laughs) This is what he said. In my opinion, it was a lack of communication. Lots of people have that problem. When you love someone, you you should let them know that. I'm sorry in my case that we didn't do that enough. That's why I bailed her out. I couldn't see her rot in jail. She's not a criminal. Aw. Well, (laughs) look, I'm going to say this. The media, to this very day, really tries to paint this as like a kooky love story. And there are elements of that. But Tony was hitting his wife. Yeah. He wasn't a good husband who like was just made some mistakes with cheating. Right. I'm just baffled that he'd still be sitting in that bed if the cops cops didn't come and tell him he had been shot. Like, how long would it have taken him to figure it out? That is, like, one of the craziest aspects of this story. And this story has a lot of crazy aspects, but I would like a detailed scientific breakdown of how that works. Right. I mean, I see the barbiturates having an effect, but the first time he got shot, there were no barbiturates in his system at that point, right? I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. Anyway, he just wants to get the family back together. Francis felt the same way. She told the paper, when he got me out, we just hugged each other and cried. The couple was able to celebrate their 17th wedding anniversary Mm. upon her release from jail. Tony said, 17 years is a long time. You can't just throw that out. We've had our ups and downs. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it sounds at this point like, a little bit of a toxic relation, like a codependent toxic relationship. 
It's if, very yeah. toxic. It's very this toxic. Is very, this is not a healthy situation. No, I mean, yeah. He then said that he was excited to go back to his karate classes. <laughs> the news of the Toto family drama made its way onto the pages of Time magazine. Tony was furious, claiming that the media had declared his wife's guilt ahead of her trial. One of the hired assassins, 18-year-old Donald Barlip, had begun cooperating with the police. At the preliminary hearing, he testified that him and his cousin Ronald had been hired by the 20-year-old pizzeria employee, Anthony Bruno, to kill Tony Toto. So basically, he hired them to finish the job he couldn't do. Right. He told the judge that Bruno had already attempted to kill Toto with a shot to the head, but was unsuccessful. He needed them to finish the job. I just said that. The cousins, of course, were also unsuccessful. According to Barlip, Bruno met him as he was walking past Tony's pizza shop and asked him if they were interested in making a little money to kill someone's husband. Yeah, I am. (laughs) (laughs) He ain't doing nothing. (laughs) These guys were just walking past the pizzeria and he's like, hey, you guys, (laughs) you want to make a little cash? I mean, like... I don't know what the outcome of all of this is, but part of me is just like, I guess all these idiots should just l- walk because <laughs> no one's mad. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, he, he's not mad. The guy who got shot. Why it, should we be? <laughs> it's one of those situations where it's like, ah, uh, uh, let's, l- let's stay out of their business. Yeah. They, they well, got to, <laughs> I don't want to get involved. <laughs> I don't want to get involved in this weird dynamic. Like it's not going to ever happen again with these, these people are all idiots. Like they're not going to do it to anyone else, but let, let them, let them hurt each other. <laughs> yes. We don't care. So Bruno hires this guy outside of the pizzeria and according, he, he hesitated. He approaches Donald at first Donald hesitated, but he's like, my cousin Ronald might be interested. He's, he's the tough guy. <laughs> Ronald's the tough guy. According to Barlip, he was informed that the target's wife, Francis, would pay them $500 to carry out the hit. Mm. That's not each. That's total. Damn, they're cheap. Even in 1983, that's too little money. I agree. So Anthony's like, look, this guy's already been shot in the head once. Job's real easy for you. I'm sure I'm sure it's not going to take much to kill this guy. Yeah, he's halfway there. He's halfway there. And by this point, Francis had been feeding him chicken soup that was laced with barbiturates. Yeah. He's almost out. Just, just turn the lights off completely, fellas. $500 for your trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Very easy peasy. So Francis is at home feeding him this chicken soup that she's dumped a bottle of sleeping pills into... And at this point, Francis is telling Tony that he's sick with the flu and he needs to drink this soup because it's going to make him feel better. And Tony thinks he's sick with the flu. He thinks the bullet to the back of his head is the flu. Is he dumb? (laughs) I can't get over this guy. (laughs) What a fucking buffoon. (laughs) It was discovered that the drugs had been obtained by Tony and Francis's daughter, Elizabeth. So I think that was part of the conspiracy charge that she received. Donald tagged along on the night of the shooting. He was like, my cousin Ronald won't do it if I'm not there. Okay. Ronald, Donald, and Anthony Bruno had a cab drop them off a block away from the Toto home. Smart. (laughs) (laughs) That's smart. Well, you got to do. You got to get a cab. Not directly to the house. Not directly, just a block away. A block away. See? I got, I'm smart. <laughs> <laughs> then they walked. The three of them walked. One of them did say, I think it was Anthony Bruno, was like, don't forget to take off your shoes when you go inside. You don't want to make a lot of noise. Yeah. These guys are mastermind criminals. So when they get into the home, Francis was there waiting with cash and a gun to kill her husband. Yeah. And this is the same gun from the botched attempt earlier. <laughs> when Tony- you're done, put it put in the diaper and put it in the top shelf back there. <laughs> Wrap it in the diaper first. <laughs> T- 
Tony is in his bedroom, already with the bullet in his head from the other night. He's unaware of the unfolding plot in the next room. This is all happening in the living room while Tony's in bed. He's like, oh, (laughs) this is the worst flu. (laughs) Donald said he was given a baseball bat just in case. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case. We'll say it's the flu. (laughs) He was given a baseball bat just in case the next shot didn't take him out. They're like, well, okay. There's an insurance policy. Yeah. When the cousins entered Tony's bedroom, 17-year-old or 16-year-old, sorry, 16-year-old Elizabeth Toto cranked the music up loud on her cassette player in an attempt to muffle the sound of the, of the gunshot. What was playing, I wonder? I'm dying to know. What year is this, 83? Maybe it was Toto. <laughs> Elizabeth Toto was <laughs> playing <laughs> Toto. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Ronald fired a shot into Tony's chest while Donald waited in the doorway with the baseball bat. The cousins returned to the living room where they were paid $100 each. Francis would pay the boys the rest of the money after they disposed of Tony's body. What? $500 to dispose of it too? (laughs) This is like no money. I would not... Like that is ridiculous. You should almost get paid more money for the disposal. That's the hard part. That's the hard part. And the digging a hole, like, come on. The transport? Yeah. Give me a stipend for my gas. I cannot believe these kids. Like, it's crazy. So this was the plan. This was the body disposal plan. They were going to dump Tony's body near the home of a guy named John Reagan in New York City. John Reagan was a then-alleged rapist who had serious beef with Tony. Reagan had at one time been employed by Tony at the pizzeria, but in 1982, Tony's then 15-year-old daughter Elizabeth accused him of raping her. (gasps) Oh, my God. So framing this guy, John Reagan, made perfect sense to Francis. Killed two birds with one stone. Yeah. But Tony's body would obviously not be dumped in Reagan's neighborhood or anywhere else because he survived the bullet that was just fired into his chest. Also, Reagan, if he killed Tony, would not have dumped him in his backyard. It's <laughs> a pretty stupid plan. Like it, it kind of falls apart when you, when you think it through. But it is a good initial idea. Yeah, I mean, I guess they're like, oh... Maybe Tony went to New York to confront him. Yeah. I don't know. It's a stupid plan. Yeah. They'd have to like frame him somehow. But the body wouldn't be at his house. Yeah. I don't think it was going to be at his house. They were just going to dump it in the vicinity of his house. But knowing these guys, you never know. Oh, it would have only gotten worse if this plan ever was enacted. (sighs) Yeah. While Donald and Ronald talked with Anthony Bruno and Francis in the living room, Tony got up out of his bed with the two bullets in him, walked into the living room, and said, Hey, what was that noise? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) At this point, Ronald, Donald, and Anthony Bruno freak out and flee the house. They just book it. And the wife's like, Hey, my money! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Francis told her husband to go back to bed because he was very sick. Can you imagine how irritated she is at this point with him? <laughs> he won't die. <laughs> he won't. He never listens. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> anyway, this is a good place to take a break. We'll be right back. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings with big cash back at hundreds of stores. Don't miss headliners like Canon, Fenty Beauty, and Dyson. I can't wait to shop for all of my summer fashion and beauty needs, and we'll definitely be checking out Ulta and Adidas. Rakuten really is the best way to shop. You can really save by stacking cash back on top of other deals. And during Big Give Week, the cash back is bigger than ever. It's the time to shop for everything you need for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Membership is free, and it's all happening May 6th to May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost on top of Big Give Week cashback rates. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Rakuten is the shopping platform to save while shopping. While the local news continued to print updates from the Toto family murder plot, Tony's Pizzeria happened to become the center of a feel-good story on March 16th. The Morning Call reported that a two-year-old child was saved from a fall by the awning of the pizza shop. (laughs) (laughs) They printed a big picture of this little adorable toddler, and they're like, child saved from Tony's Pizzeria. So he fell out a window and then bounced on the awning? Yes, like in a cartoon. <laughs> he, this child fell from a window up above and bounced onto the cloth awning down below. And then landed on the sidewalk. And then... <laughs> no, I don't... He was safe, though. He wasn't injured. Well, because, yeah, it broke the fall. It broke his fall. But he's probably still got hurt, but not as... He didn't die. No, he had minor injuries. Yeah. He was like pretty Damn. okay. And then of course interviewed um Tony and Francis. And they're yeah. like, Yeah, we just and Francis was like, I wasn't gonna put the awning up today, but something said I had to put the awning up. Oh my god. It was it, it <laughs> of course. <laughs> so they had just put the awning up? Yeah. I mean that's pretty it is incredible. Pretty, it is pretty lucky. Did you think they pushed the kid out? <laughs> For good press. Yes. For good, Jesus. <laughs> Put the awning up. You take your Tony Jr. up. <laughs> <laughs> While awaiting trial in jail, Ronald Barlip attempted suicide. <gasps> oh my gosh. Twice. First by slitting his wrists and then two weeks later by attempting to light his cell on fire. <sighs> oh my God. So he's in prison. He didn't he, get out on bail. He, yeah. He's, or he's, he's in a jail cell. He's remanded to jail pending his trial damn are they like not looking at him at all i mean this that is, seems crazy this seems pretty negligent um by the jail barlip lit his mattress and other flammable items in his cell on fire oh my god the blaze was extinguished by the guards and barlip was taken to the hospital with burns covering 20 percent of his Oof. body Ronald and his cousin Donald both ended up pleading guilty for their roles in the crime. Ronald pled guilty to attempted murder and Donald to conspiracy to commit murder. Both were expected to testify for the prosecution at Francis Toto's trial. But two months later, in January of 1984, 
Frances Toto and her hired hitman, Anthony Bruno, both pled guilty. (gasps) Frances pled to solicitation to commit murder and to reckless endangerment. That same month, a year after the attempted murder, Frances and Tony were profiled again by the morning call. Frances told the reporter that she didn't really want her husband dead. She claimed that she was afraid of Anthony Bruno, the would-be hitman. (gasps) What? She started blaming him. She said she never even hired him and that she was under the control of him, claiming that Bruno gave her drugs and she didn't know what she was doing. During the interview with the paper, Francis tearfully said to Tony, there are a lot of things still unclear in my head. I was so messed up. I didn't want you to die. Tony asked, then why didn't you help me? (laughs) I guess referring to when he was shot shot twice. (laughs) I was so scared, she said. Francis said, it's been a good year and a bad year. It was a good year because we're together again. It was a bad year because I tried to kill you. <laughs> so, I mean, this was the, re- the fix their relationship needed. <laughs> Tony said, we've also had better communications. He really hammers that home in every single interview after the fact. <laughs> Did he, he like go to therapy once or something? He, he went to one therapy session he, he will not stop talking about how the lines of communication between the two of them have finally been opened. Yeah. Tony continued telling the paper that although what she did was illegal, she should be granted leniency because he forgives her. Mm. At sentencing, Tony asked the judge to go easy on his wife. Francis- hey, judge, go easy. <laughs> go easy on my old lady. <laughs> Come on. A lifetime of free pizza. <laughs> if you do. I'm just saying. Tony's Pizzeria. Tony's Pizzeria. We're in the paper. Yeah. Look it up. The awning baby. <laughs> Francis told the judge that she was sorry and that she had been on meth during the what? murder. <laughs> during during the murder plot. That's a new one. Anthony Bruno said, I'm sorry I got involved. I became emotionally involved with Francis. She is a she is a fine woman, and I understand what she had gone through, what she is going through. He added, it was my own stupidity. I knew what I was doing was wrong. I'm glad I got caught. But Tony was furious at this. At Anthony? At Anthony Bruno. He referred to him as a cold-blooded murderer because he does his victim impact statement. Oh, God. So if Anthony, he gives a hard one, too, but take it easy on my wife, basically. Yeah, take it easy on my wife, but fuck this guy. Who's like a teenager when this happened, like 19, right? He's 20. Oh, 20. So okay. he's, he's very young. He charged that Bruno convinced his wife to go along with all of this. Why? It was all his plan. However, Bruno's attorney, Howard Stark, had put together evidence suggesting that Francis and her daughter Elizabeth were very friendly with Bruno even after the attack. Oh, wait, and Bruno was the boyfriend of Elizabeth. Yes. So that's how Bruno knew about what was um, going on the abuse at home and personal things going on in the family. This lawyer, Bruno's attorney, charged that Francis had sent Bruno a birthday card while he was remanded to jail. So he's like, well, if she's so afraid of him, why is she sending him birthday cards? Good point. She also, it was also discovered that Elizabeth Toto had written Bruni, Bruno 150 letters. Oh, my God. <laughs> while he was awaiting trial. So they're still very much communicating yeah. with him. Elizabeth herself admitted to it that she had been communicating with him. Yeah. Anthony Bruno was sentenced to 6 to 12 years. Francis was sentenced to 4 to 10 years. When Tony was asked for his reaction to his wife's sentencing, he said he felt a little responsible for her wanting to murder him. I should go to jail too, Yana. (laughs) (laughs) It was my fault. (laughs) Do we know what the other two got? Um, Less than those? They got less than those two. Okay. That same month, Tony closed up his pizzeria in Allentown and reopened another one in Muncie, Pennsylvania, so he could be close to the prison. (laughs) They packed up and moved to Muncie, which is where the prison was. How far? It was in Muncie. I don't know where that is. Oh, I don't know where that is. 
Yeah, I don't know, but it's in Pennsylvania. It's in Pennsylvania. Uh, so they moved to another town that could be very close. It could be close. Tony's brother Rocco told the morning. <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> told the morning call that the publicity had been hard on the family and the pizza business. He said, "I think it would be better for his benefit to get out of the entire town." But Tony's lawyers told the paper that their client had been contacted by film producers. His bizarre story sounded just like a Hollywood movie. More on that later. In April, both Francis and Bruno were granted hearings to argue for reduced sentences. Bruno's attorney, Howard Stark, claimed that Bruno had been coerced into killing Tony. In fact, he argued... Frances had made attempts on her husband's life several times before she had even met Bruno. This is very um, Pamela Smart to me. Mm. And in a way, like a dumber Pamela Smart story because she's not fucking these teen boys, right? Right. But it has those, it has like those elements to it in a way. Because she clearly is the one coercing these young guys into doing it. And this is also something she apparently had thought about for many years. Yeah. So this lawyer charges that Frances had made several attempts on her husband's life before. Stark highlighted Tony's abuse of his wife as motive and said that Frances had once tried to kill him, quote, once with a baseball bat, once with rat poison, and once by wiring his car so it would explode when he started. <laughs> Sorry. How would you even know how to do that? (laughs) I think she hired someone else for that. Oh, she did? Or she at least talked about it with someone else. Yeah. Tony Toto was called as a witness at Bruno's hearing, and he did admit to beating his wife, Frances. He's like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Both Frances and Bruno were denied reduced sentences. In 1986... Tony flew to Chicago to appear on the Oprah Winfrey show. Ooh. This is early. This was like the first season of the nationally syndicated, syndicated show. Yeah. The show's theme was the dangers and consequences of obsessive love. Wow. Now, I tried very hard to find this episode. YouTube never has an episode I want to see for the show of anything. How how do we not have access to every Oprah Winfrey show? That's crazy it to me. It seems like we should. Can't I pay own? <laughs> I would watch those old shows all the time. I would too. Like, why can't I pay for a subscription service to get the back catalogs? Of every talk show. Every. Someone should do talk show network. <gasps> I would totally subscribe to that because that's something you can just put the fuck on the TV and watch as you're doing housework or whatever, like like you used to do, like people used to do, right? Yes, like <laughs> Phil Donahue. Oh my God, like all of them? It would be so good. Yeah, someone get on that. He wore a shirt on his appearance with Oprah that said, shot twice, still love my wife. <laughs> That's a good shirt. (laughs) In November of 1986, The Morning Call profiled John Reagan, who was the would-be scapegoat. The rapist. The rapist who they were planning on framing for Tony's murder. Right. At this time, Reagan had been in prison for three years. In November of 1983, so 11 months after Tony's attempted murder... He was convicted of raping his two young daughters. (gasps) Oh, my God. Now, Reagan made the news because he was attempting to get a new trial. According to Reagan, Tony set him up, charging that he conspired with his wife to brainwash his kids into saying he was molesting them. So this guy, Reagan's like, I'm in prison because of Tony. He got together with my wife and, and coached my kids. Oh. To testify that I was molesting them. Now, Reagan claimed that Tony was out to get him after he learned that Tony was using drugs and bribing police officers, among other illegal activities. Reagan and his lawyer claimed that they had witnesses who could testify to Tony's plan to get him locked up. One of those witnesses was a man named the Hulk. Who claimed, 
who claimed that he was offered $200 by Tony to get rid of Reagan for good. I love how cheap the Totos are. (laughs) And they get away with it, too. But you get what you pay for. $200? I mean, where are they coming up with these numbers? After being sent to prison, Reagan gave the FBI a diary that he said he found in the pizza shop that detailed the illegal activities of Tony Toto. He kept a diary of his crimes. That's what he said. He's like, look at this diary I found in the pizza shop when I used to work there. It's all here. Oh, my God. All his crimes. Authorities were never able to connect Tony to any of the diary's ramblings, as they referred to them. Police Chief David Howell thinks that Reagan himself wrote this diary to get out of prison. I mean, Tony does seem a little dim-witted, but... To write down all your crimes in a diary is very weird. I don't think, I don't think that's why? something people do. No. In the years since he was locked up, Reagan wrote over 100 letters to the Morning Call newspaper trying to get attention about his plight yeah. in, in prison. He also wrote to Pres- President Reagan, Pat Robertson, the boxer Larry Holmes, and, a- <laughs> and attorney Effley Bailey. Oh, Reagan admitted to his prior troubles with the law, but swore he never touched his kids. I touch other people's kids, not well, my own. <laughs> well, listen to this. Back in 1981, Reagan was working for Tony as a pizza delivery guy. Then he started working at an after-hours club, which was across the street from the pizza shop. This club was co-owned by Tony's friend and lawyer. Around the time, Reagan's marriage was ending. According to his wife's friend, Reagan beat her and the children. So this was not a good guy. No. Reagan denied hitting his children, but admitted that he beat his wife. His wife left, left him with the kids, inexplicably. Oh, my God. That's when Reagan hired Elizabeth Toto to be his babysitter. Okay. Then he says he entered into a sexual relationship with Elizabeth, who at the time was 15. Reagan was 30. Reagan says that this is when Tony started trying to destroy his life. Though it wasn't really about this relationship with Elizabeth. It was more about Tony's secrets. Reagan According claimed, to Reagan. According to Reagan. Reagan claimed that he witnessed Tony moving boxes in and out of the pizza shop. He says one day he helped him move these boxes and saw one of them was filled with guns. Former employee Donald Ernie, who at the time, who at one time had told police about Tony's abuse of Francis, he was also asked about ongoing like activities at the pizza shop. And he said, I used to see a lot of shit at the pizza shop, rings, TVs, radios, like items to be resold. Resold. Reagan says after he found the diary in the shop, he was arrested for raping Elizabeth Toto, and he believes that's why. He thinks he was arrested... Because he knew too much. He knew too much. He also claimed the sex was consensual, though Elizabeth told quite a different story, and I believe her. She said that Reagan kidnapped her and drove (sighs) her to a field where she was raped by him at knife point. Oh, my God. Reagan told the morning call that Elizabeth was coached by her dad to make up that story. But Elizabeth rebutted his claims, maintaining the same story she had told back in 1982. She denied that they were ever romantically involved, as Reagan had claimed. She's like, no, I was not in a relationship with him. He raped me. Also, even if what he's saying is true, it's still a crime. (laughs) Right. You you still raped her either way. Yeah. She's 15 years old. Reagan was arrested in April of 1982 for this, but released on bail. Shortly after that, he spent four months in jail for possession of a firearm. Then, in January the following year, Reagan watched the dramatic saga of his rival's attempted murder unfold. In June of 1983, his statutory rape charge was reduced to corruption of a minor. (gasps) He was sentenced to 12 months in prison. Now, Tony Toto attended the sentencing, and he was furious that Reagan only got a year. Yeah. So he leapt out of his chair and shouted, he molests his kids. 
Tony's outburst prompted the judge to delay the sentencing until that claim could be looked into. Yeah. But at that time, the charge that John Reagan was molesting his children couldn't be substantiated. After Reagan was serving time for the assault on Elizabeth Toto, Tony began an affair with Reagan's wife, Margie. (laughs) Oh, my God. Elizabeth told the morning call in 1986... After my rape case, my dad got closer and closer to Margie Reagan. One time, my mom and my dad were fighting over Margie, and my dad said he was only seeing Margie so he could get get back at John. (laughs) At the same time, my dad pulled away from me and never spoke to me. He blamed me for John raping me. Aww. Yeah. After Reagan was released on parole for the corruption of a minor, he was promptly arrested again for molesting his kids. Mm. Reagan's lawyer claimed that the kids never mentioned being molested to anyone until after Tony had this outburst in the courtroom during Reagan's sentencing. He's like, oh, where'd they get that idea from? So he's he's basically saying the therapist or whatever sort of put these ideas into their head. Yeah, or that Tony put those ideas in, right. into their head because Tony started seeing their mom. Right. And he's like, they never had, they never said anything before. Well, I mean, a lot of times kids don't say anything. Right. I mean, this is, this is the lawyer's, uh, that it only, they only started mentioning it once he became involved. Right. So Reagan believes Tony and his wife, Margie coached his two daughters into repeating the story. Reagan's attorney wouldn't be able to use Tony's outburst in the trial for abusing his kids because then they would have to explain what that sentence, why his client was being sentenced in that trial. They're like, oh, well, that was for his other abuse of a minor trial. Right. So that wouldn't be good for his client. Reagan would end up being convicted. In 1988, Frances Toto was released from prison after serving four years for conspiring to kill her husband. Tony decorated their house with welcome home balloons. By this time, a major motion picture was in the works about their bizarre story. Barry Giacobbe, one of the detectives working the Toto case, assisted in development of the upcoming TriStar film. The Totos were also working on the production, and they got paid for their, for their help. Like yeah, they all, like they, as a consultant? They were consulting on this film. The they co- must have been so annoying. Oh, my God. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> the Totos? <laughs> yeah, like set? big man on campus. Yeah. Like you can just picture Tony Toto. <laughs> and they're like, just tell, tell him, like put him on something. Get him out of here. <laughs> the couple also prepared for a joint interview on the Oprah Winfrey <gasps> show. Ooh. This episode was titled Undying Love. Oprah opened the show by saying, could you still love a husband, a wife, a lover who attempted to kill you? In 1990, the film about the Totos was released. It was called I Love You to Death, and it starred Kevin Kline, Tracy Ullman, River Phoenix, William Hurt, and Keanu Reeves. Now, we have a fun fact, a late-breaking fun fact about this film. Brendan, my boyfriend, just told me that this was one of his favorite, used to be one of his favorite movies, and that his haircut in the TV show Russian Doll was inspired by Keanu Reeves' haircut in this movie. That's like the kind of fact you see on IMDb. It's a total IMDb (laughs) fact, but it's true. Anyway, the producer of this film, one of the producers of this film, Ronald K. Moeller, said... It's such an American story. And at the same time, it is beyond my personal grip of reality that these things could happen in real life. We are definitely talking about attempted murder, but the spirit of this movie is really a love story. Why? How? I still don't get why people went there with this. It sounds awful. Now, this movie's very funny. It's a black comedy. Yes. And it totally makes sense that this story, that you could turn this into a black comedy. But it's not... Some feel-good, mushy... You don't have to say it's like a a love love story. story. No, I mean, it's perfect for a black comedy, obviously. But yeah. Yeah. The director, Lawrence Kasten, said of the script, 
When they offered it to me, they told me, this is a feminist movie. <laughs> he ends up with a bullet in his head, and it makes him think. And what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, we've got work to do. <laughs> Ladies. And what he thinks is that he loves his wife. To me, what the story is about is that their love was so strong, you couldn't kill that. Even <laughs> Jesus. Even having tried to murder him, he still loved her. So there's symmetry there to me. He's too full of life to die, and so is their relationship. It, I mean, it's like, did his personality change? Like, did it? the bullet hit the area of his brain that lacked impulse control? <laughs> like, I don't think so. Yeah? I don't think so. We're going to get to more later. Okay. I just think it's so funny how they're trying to sort of... Um, just it's like you don't need to make excuses for this guy's either of their behaviors just say this is a story that's so wild it could be made into a black comedy yeah because it's truly a match made in hell like this couple yeah i don't know what both of them are doing right so the totos were flown out to los angeles in april of 1990 for the premiere and they loved the film tony said most of the scenes are very real. The movie is great. It's fantastic. We love it. And it's a message for everybody. Crime doesn't pay. Cheating doesn't pay. <laughs> we kind of did. <laughs> they, they, they did get paid for this. Yeah. Frances remarked that Kevin Klein's portrayal of her husband was spot on. Wow. The kids loved the movie too. She said Kevin Klein's Italian accent was like just like her husband's. So he has an Italian accent. He has an Italian accent. Oh, my God. Following the premiere, the couple then embarked on a whirlwind tour of talk shows, including The Tonight Show, Arsenio Hall, Larry King, and The Joan Rivers Show. Ooh. In 1992, Tony Toto was charged for assaulting his girlfriend. <laughs> he still... so. He still had side pieces. He still has he still has extramarital affairs happening. He's charged with assault with assault in 92. And this is not Margie, it's a new girl. It's a new woman. Yeah. He punched her. Oh my god. And knocked her tooth out. <gasps> now, this these charges wound up being dropped. Tony paid for the medical bills and Francis didn't want to talk to the press about it. But not good. No. Not good. This guy's still doing the same thing. So he didn't learn his lesson. It doesn't sound like it. No. Francis and Tony have remained married, and just a few months ago, they were profiled again. What? By a lo- maybe because it's like the 40th anniversary. Oh, damn. By a local news station, WFMZ in Allentown. The couple is shown in their home, being interviewed, talking about their marriage and how great their marriage is. Mm-hmm. And Tony kind of just says the same thing he's been saying for the last 40 years. It's the communication. Still? He's like, we didn't have the communication, but now we have the communication. <laughs> now we do. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Francis is like, I don't know what I was thinking. I mean, they've been married for 57 years now. Yes. That's crazy. Yeah. What a mess. This is a very messy relationship. Yeah. But they're happy i guess uh, according to them in this re- very recent interview tony even has like a room dedicated to all the publicity from this case oh like news framed newspaper clippings posters from i love you to death right and just like all their memorabilia yeah anyway that's it we did it we finally did the oh i love God. you to death story. so that might be why all those newspapers got released if it was the 40th anniversary, maybe there was more interest in it or something. I don't know. Yeah. The Morning Call, Allentown newspaper, they, they, they reported the hell out of this story. Oh, they were probably like, you know, Finally. a great story. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. That's so crazy. I can't believe they're still married. They're still married. Why? This was her perfect out when to- she tried to kill him. <laughs> You mean... She could have gotten out of the relationship. She was going to prison. She could have just been like, I'm leaving you. I'll be in prison. 
Yeah. Go go move on with your life. Like oh. she could have even made it look noble, right? Right. That's so wild. It's wild. No, I'm curious they're... what the daughter, what the kids are like. I guess they were never charged with anything or those charges were dropped or something. Yeah, because I didn't see it. There wasn't anything further about any of them getting sentences. I mean, which is good. I mean, clearly I don't think ki- they should have. No, they're but, kids. And they were dragged into it by their mom. Yeah, and clearly the daughter didn't have a good relationship with her father. Yeah. It sounds like he was a real dick to her. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the kids were like, Mom, what are you doing? <laughs> like, they probably wanted her to leave him their whole lives or something. Yeah. Don't you right? think? I mean, yeah. I, I believe that. I believe that. 100%. Yeah. Anyway. Um, um, great job. Thank I you. I can't believe you finally got it I together. Finally, I finally got the story. Yeah. It's finally happened. We'll post some pictures oh, on, our, on our Instagram we are going to do our after show. That's a show we do on Patreon. It's available at the $5 tier, patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. Go check it out. I'll have a link. Oh, our new merch too. I'll have a link for that in the show notes. And I will have a link for our merch. We just had a new merch drop. New designs are up on HollywoodCrimeScene.com. Yeah, go check it out. Go check that out. We're living for them. We're living for, the, <laughs> we're living for these new designs. And they're very 80s, which is appropriate for this episode. <laughs> they're both, it's two 80s inspired designs. Yes. Um, many people are saying they're beautiful <laughs> and, and they love them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And they're obsessed. We are too. Okay. See ya. That's it. Bye.